Welcome to Detroit Today on 1019 WDET. I'm Jake Neer, sitting in for Stephen Henderson. A little later in the hour, we'll hear from a Michigan State University constitutional law professor who's cited 15 times in former President Trump's impeachment defense brief. Brian Kalt says his words were twisted by Trump's legal team to mean exactly the opposite of what his work says. You won't want to miss that conversation. But first... It didn't take long into the new legislative session in Lansing for things to turn ugly. The Republican majorities in the state House and Senate have already blocked Governor Gretchen Whitmer's appointments to many important positions in state government. They've given her an ultimatum that they'll withhold billions of dollars in federal aid for schools and coronavirus relief unless she gives up her emergency powers to deal with the pandemic And this week, Senate Majority Leader Mike Shirky was caught on tape falsely saying the January 6th coup attempt at the U.S. Capitol that resulted in five deaths was staged, that it was a hoax. He also made more sexist comments about the governor during his meeting with Hillsdale County Republican Party officials. Meanwhile, lawmakers have a lot of important work to get done. Many schools are reopening in the coming weeks. There's billions of federal dollars on the table to help the state get more vaccines into the arms of Michigan residents and otherwise help us through the worst medical and economic effects of the pandemic. And today, Governor Gretchen Whitmer will present her budget for the next fiscal year. Here to talk about the latest from the Michigan Capitol, I'm very excited to welcome State Senator Erica Geis, a Democrat from Taylor representing the 6th State Senate District. Senator Geis, welcome to Detroit Today. Thank you. Good morning, Jake. Glad to be here. Yeah, it's great to have you on. Um, I want to start, of course, with the the biggest news of the week, uh, Senate Majority Leader Mike Shirky's comments. Um, Of course, there's too many sort of eye-popping comments to dissect from that video in the time that we have. I mean, it was an hour and 20 minutes long. Uh, But let's start with what he said about the Capitol insurrection on January 6th. We actually have a clip of what he's telling these Hillsdale County Republicans. And uh, just just um, to tell our listeners, it's a bit hard to hear at times, but he says, quote, that wasn't Trump people. That's been a hoax from day one. And then at the end of the tape, you can hear him saying it was all staged. So let's listen to that clip. What about the D.C. thing? I was there. <laughs> so um, that's why. Not at all. Lance was on the front line too. Do you know if they went in the front before they went in the back? They did. They did go in the front before the back? They did. I already know that for a fact. They went in on separate buses. I mean, that was all, you know, arranged by somebody that was funding it. Well, I was right up on the gate in the front. No, you, oh, I, you know, we're, back, so we're in the back. back. Um, that was why was they tear gas in their own guards? Why wasn't there more security at yeah, there was like there was 30 guards out back there. It was all staged. Uh, you can hear Mike Shirky saying uh, at the end of that, uh, Senator Geis, you know, uh, Shirky's office has released a, a broad and sort of carefully cited statement attributing to him. Uh, saying that he said, I regret the words I chose. I apologize for my insensitive comments. But then yesterday he was caught on a hot mic telling Lieutenant Governor Garland Gilchrist that he doesn't regret his statements, just the words that he chose. So I'm curious, what's your reaction to all this? Um, Yeah, it is very unfortunate how divorced from reality the leader of the state Senate is. 
you know, I think for many of us watching on January 6th, um, watching the events unfold before our eyes, live before our eyes, um, and then the, the recap for anyone who was watching um, the parts of the impeachment proceedings yesterday, um, not just the footage that we'd already seen and witnessed, um, but the new footage that they that have been previously unreleased from the security cameras, I think it's very clear that it was not a hoax, um, the, the, that it was not uh, some sort of production. The, the idea that it, that it was planned ahead of time, I think, was clearly a point clearly made by the impeachment managers. Um, but it definitely wasn't a hoax, hoax, and it was a tragedy that I think many of us are, are still reeling from having watched, much less the, the people at the Capitol who were, who were there, um, you know, the members of the media, the legislators, the staffers, um, and continuing to play into the lie that led up to the January 6th uh, riot and siege um, is just really unfortunate coming from someone who was supposed to be a leader and be measured and tempered in such matters. And of course, you know, Senator Shirky is no stranger to, to controversy. He's said a lot of things uh, in the past. He's done a lot of things that, um, you know, including meeting with militia groups, um, you know, including people who were uh, implicated in and I believe arrested in the plot to kidnap and, and murder Governor Whitmer. Um, but, you know, it, it's in some ways this was surprising to me. I've known Mike Shirky for for years now um, and I, I I know that again he he has said a lot of things that um, are are indefensible, but still the, this this seemed to to push that much farther in my mind in in terms of uh, you know saying something that just seems so fringe uh, to me. I'm curious, you know, what your thoughts are as as one of his colleagues, as someone who uh, works in the chamber, that he is he's the leader, he's the one that sets the agenda. Yeah, he has an opportunity um, to to exhibit leadership, um, and hasn't done that um, by not by not calling the the events that occurred um, shameful, which is what they are, and tragic, um, and by still playing into this this notion um, that it, it was all for funsies. Um, which it was very deadly. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, five people died, um, many others injured, um, physically injured. A, a lot of people probably have PTSD from the experience. Um, and it is just continuing down that path is just not, not one that is healthy. Um, and it, it, question, it calls into question um, the trust of him mm-hmm. or being able to trust him. I, I do want to also talk about his statements that he made about the governor in in this tape. Uh, you know, he's saying repeatedly that he quote uh, or that that uh, quote we spanked her hard on the budget. Shirky said we spanked her hard on appointments. Uh, but I want to also address this in the context, not just in this as an isolated statement, but in a pattern that the Senate Majority Leader and his caucus have exhibited toward women, especially women in positions of power. 
Um, there have been repeated examples of sexual harassment and sexism on Shirky's watch, and often it's coming from the leader himself. Uh, you know, a legislative sa- staffer just yesterday tweeted something I thought was really encompassing of all that. She said, harassment is the environment. Um, I, I'd love to get your thoughts on that um, as, as someone who is in the chamber on a, you know, on a weekly basis. Um, yeah, that staffer, uh, who I know well, um, is, is not wrong. Um, there is this dismissive attitude around um, issues related to sexism, um, issues around harassment. There's a dismissive attitude also around racism, frankly. Um, they're very similar topics when it, when it comes to the issue of, of the power dynamics that are in the, in the chamber. Um, even across um, with it with colleagues that you're allegedly an equal with, um, and it it comes from um, this this attitude from leadership that is not that, that these issues aren't important. Um, we've spent the last two years, um, two years and six weeks of constant. Um, rating of the governor. Um, yes, we are co-equal branches of government, but the attitude about uh, Governor Whitmer from, uh, from Leader Shirky and his caucus is one that's very sexist and very misogynistic. Um, the, the types of phrases that are used about her um, are unfortunate to say the least mm-hmm. in in 2021 um and don't respect her as um someone who is also a seasoned lawmaker um but also don't respect her um position as as the executive of the state and the you know we've heard it from from him from you know you know phrases like you know that she's that you know what crazy since we're on the radio, I won't say it. Um, to making allusions to um, to motherhood, to um, even what we heard on that on that video, um, which is not just sexist but also misogynistic. Um, you know, bringing into adding adding to that environment um, violence against women. Um, and it's not something that we should be tolerating or that we should um, from our leaders or that or that we should be encouraging. And of course, I think it's important to note that this didn't start with Senator Shirky. You know, I, I, I was in the press corps at the Capitol working in the Senate chamber from uh, 2012 to 2016. And um, it definitely wasn't new then either. But uh, it definitely just just the sheer number of incidents, the, the, the ways that it seems like it's been tolerated and that there's no um, no consequences for a lot of these things has escalated, it seems, in, in the last uh, few years. Um, uh, this is 1019 WDET. You're listening to Detroit Today. I'm Jake Neer in for Stephen Henderson. I'm speaking with State Senator 
Erica Geis, a Democrat from Taylor who represents the 6th State Senate District. And if you want to uh, tune in or if you want to call in and put your voice in the conversation as well, we'd love to hear from you. What is your reaction to the latest comments from State Senate Majority Leader Mike Shirky, who called the deadly coup attempt at the U.S. Capitol a hoax, that it was staged? Uh, what consequences, if any, do you think he and others should face for spreading falsehoods about the insurrection or the election or, or any of those things? Um, and call and tell us how you're feeling about more schools returning to in-person instruction from for in the coming weeks. Do you think that schools will be able to reopen safely? Uh, the number, as always, is 313-577-1019. Again, that's 313-577-1019. You can also leave your comments and questions on uh, Twitter by using the hashtag Detroit Today. Uh, Senator Geis, I, I, you know, the Democratic Party, the state Senate or the state Democratic Party is calling on Shirky to resign. Um, I'm, I'm curious what you think at this point. I know that no one in the chamber, as far as I know, has made uh, statements to that. But um, what uh, is resi- should resignation be on the table? Should should uh, do you think that the Senate majority leader should consider resigning? Um, you know, that's a that's a tough question to answer. Um, I was in the House in 2015 when um, we had to vote to expel two members. Um, And I'm sure everyone remember, all of your listeners remember um, that unfortunate summer. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I'm of mixed minds of of it. I think his caucus um, should um, declare a vote of no confidence in him um, and remove him as leader and choose someone else to lead their caucus. Um, and um, as for um, him resigning, that would be up to him. Um, but, um, you know, Senator Shirky is um, very resolute in his opinion. <laughs> that um, is, that's very true, yes. <laughs> as, as we heard on the hot lake uh, with mm-hmm. the LG yesterday. Um, so I don't see him, I don't see him caving to that pressure from the public to resign. Yeah. Um, so the, I, I think it, it puts us in a position of still having to try to work with him Um and because we have a lot of work that needs to be done. Yes. Um, we have a lot of unfinished business from addressing the coronavirus pandemic. Um, and that, um, that's what should be the first thing that is on the, the agenda for the entire body, for both chambers, actually, yeah. um, is getting our arms around addressing the pandemic, getting the the dollars that have been allocated to us uh, from the federal government to the communities and people that need it most so that we can get closer to whatever the new normal is going to look like. Yeah. And, and speaking of, of the things that, that, you know, are on the table for lawmakers, as I mentioned at the top of the show, uh, you know, Republicans have kind of taken billions of dollars in federal COVID relief hostage, um, including things like school funding and pandemic aid. Uh, you know, they say they won't release that funding unless the governor gives up powers that she has to respond to the pandemic. I, I want to, you know, tell us, give us the, the picture of what the actual human impact of that is. 
you know, the human impact is it, it's fewer vaccines getting into people's arms um, when, you know, granted, we do need more vaccines coming to us. Um, but, you know, our caucus proposed 90.2 million in vaccine um, and money for vaccines compared to the 36.7 million that the GOP uh, suggested. Um, we, we suggested $2 billion in food assistance. You know, people are, are hungry. People are um, who have been laid off or who haven't been um, or who haven't been able to go to work, um, have reduced hours. Um, are, they, they are literally hungry. And our Republican colleagues um, suggested zero for food assistance. Um, the, for rental assistance, and we know that there are folks who are on the cusp of eviction, um, there are, you know, we suggested $660 million compared to their $220 million. But the difference is stark in terms of how much they don't want to invest in our communities. And for schools, they didn't even um, come close to a billion. It's just under one billion what they suggested, whereas um, our, our caucus suggested twice that amount at two billion um, for school. And we know that schools need to have uh, adequate PPE. They need to, for the, for the teachers, for the staff, um, they need to have the type of sanitation um, so that they can keep those classroom spaces uh, clean and safe in order for children and um, educators and paraprofessionals to return to face-to-face instruction safely. Um, a lot of our schools need to address their HVAC systems. Um, we have a lot of old um, architectural stock that might not have the type of HVAC systems that would be as useful or as um, as as adequate for um, helping to remove pathogens um, as some of our newer schools might. Um, and this is critical funding that needs to get to these spaces. And the longer we delay and doing such things as trying to um, to trickle it out. Um, doesn't do anyone um, a service. Um, it harms our communities. When kids can't go back face-to-face, um, you know, it means parents still can't go back to work uh, full-time in the way that they had prior to the pandemic, um, and which means we can't reopen the economy, which is one of the things that Republicans have been saying they want to do, but they're not willing to put that investment there to make it so. Mm. I want to get to a caller here before we have to break. Uh, Craig in Southfield, welcome to Detroit Today. Hey, good morning. What do you have on your mind? Okay, so, um, all right, so uh, the, the general defense seems to be uh, freedom of speech. You know, you have freedom mm-hmm. of speech. You know, it's no less should be penalized for freedom of speech. Look, I, I grant you that. You know, even even our former president, using that defense for his current impeachment. Yes. Mike Shirky uh, stating that it's just a freedom of speech. Look, everyone has the right to freedom of speech. No one is disputing that. But with that responsibility comes the right to accept the repercussions for what you say. Mm-hmm. That, that, that goes hand in hand with freedom of speech. Case in point, Second Amendment. 
You have the right to bear arms. I don't mean you can go buy a tank. <laughs> There's responsibilities that come with those rights. And if you want to say anything, then you need to be willing to accept the repercussions and the ramifications of what you say. Yeah, Craig, I, I, I really appreciate that perspective. And, and yes, we will also talk about how this plays into the impeachment trial with Brian Calton just a little bit. But yeah, I mean, State Senator Geis, I mean, uh, you know, most politicians, I think, understand that, uh, or at least they should, that that they can't go out and just say anything without any repercussions, although uh, last four years have really sort of tested that in many ways when it comes to actual consequences for for the ways that, um, you know, both uh, voters in some ways uh, have have reacted to some of these things, uh, especially supporters. And, and uh, for example, Trump with his base, uh, as he said, he could go out and shoot someone on Fifth Avenue and, and uh, get away with it. And like I said, I believe that that's been tested quite a bit over the last four years. But, um, you know, react to what Craig is saying there. You know, um, and thanks, Craig, for, for that that comment. I I think he hit the nail on the head about um, that fine line between freedom of speech, but then also um, accepting the responsibility and the consequences for what the response might be from those words that have escaped one's mouth. Um, and I think that the what what we experienced uh, from before 2016, from the highest level of the Republican Party, was that um, anything was allowed without consequence, without meaningful consequence, um, which emboldened people to not only say um, unfortunate things, but also do uh, you know do and and carry out acts that other people, other groups would not have been able to, would not have had the luxury of being able to without, without penalty and without consequence. Mm-hmm. Um, and that is, that is something that we need to, as a, as a country, um, need to rectify. Um, there, there has to be um, a sense of accountability um, for the events that have that have occurred um, in well, not just on January sixth, but we know what occurred here in April mm-hmm. of last year. Yeah, um, and the the fact that we have people who are in power, who are in office, who are seen as leadership, helping to foment all of that that ire um, and allowing. Uh, the the types of actions that led to and the types of violence that that led to and occurred on January sixth um, is something we need to to reckon with. Yeah, um, and there needs to be an accountability accountability for it. Yeah, State Senator Erica Geis, a Democrat from Taylor, representing the sixth state Senate district. Uh, we had so much that we could have gotten to today. We'll have to have you back on soon. But thank you so much for joining us today on Detroit Today. I would love to. And if I can just, today is my eldest son's birthday. So if I can give (laughs) my dear Michael a shout out and a happy birthday. Yeah, happy birthday, Michael. Appreciate it. Thanks again, Senator Geis. Really, really loved having you on the show. Thank you. It was my pleasure. Coming up, Michigan State constitutional law professor Brian Kalt is cited 15 times in Donald Trump's impeachment defense brief. 
but he says his work says exactly the opposite of what Trump's attorneys are claiming. Professor Colt joins me next on Detroit Today.